Yeah, tonight I'm going to rattle some cages, and tonight I've got a message that I know that, that God wants to speak to you, and um, he, He'll challenge you, and uh, this, this message always challenges me. So if it always challenges me, I know it will challenge you tonight. Steve was just talking about before, about, um, he was, uh, just leave those lights down. Yeah. Those, um, Steve was talking about tonight, about people here that are maybe here tonight, and, and maybe you've got loneliness or depression or, or uh, stuff like that. And, um, and maybe you're here, here tonight and you are struggling. And um, that's a good thing. <laughs> I'm glad that you may be having a struggle in your life. First of all, because that is an opportunity for you to grow. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm going to have to work for my money tonight. <laughs> tonight. I believe that God wants to enlarge you. God wants to enlarge me. God wants to enlarge us. How many know tonight that God wants to enlarge you? Absolutely. And I'm not just talking about physically just putting a pot on or or putting some extra pounds on. I'm not not talking about that. Tonight, I believe that God God wants to enlarge you here tonight. God wants to put you in a place where you grow. Because if you're not growing, you're staying the same. If you're staying the same, you're dormant and you're just taking up a bit of space. If you're not living on the edge, if you're not living on a place where you're you're growing as a man or you're growing as a woman or you're growing as a child of God, my goodness, man, you're taking up too much space. Tonight I want to talk to you about enlargement. And it's like for some of you here tonight, you, you, you may be suffering with depression. You may be in loneliness. You may be in a place of discouragement. You may be in a place which, of, which is confining you and, it's, and, and you're not very happy. I mean, everyone goes through the places. Everyone goes through times like that. Maybe it's a financial struggle. Maybe it's a, an emotional struggle. Maybe it's a, I don't know, whatever struggle that you're going through. But tonight... You can either look at that struggle, you can either look at their circumstance and say, hey, man, somebody, pray for me, do something. Somebody come through for me, do this, and you can come up the front and we can lay hands on you and, 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 and whatever. But, but, but you can come and you can, you, you, you can be here tonight and you can say, hey, I've got this thing in my life, but man... I'm not going to see it as, a, as something that's holding me in and confining me. I'm going to see it tonight as something that God is trying to bring into my life to grow me. See, the thing is that when uh, we all know the story about Joseph and, and, and Joseph when he was put into prison. And, um, and for, some of, uh, for some of you, if you were a Joseph, you would have said, oh, counsel me, pray for me, life's not fair. Uh, uh, woe was me. But the Bible says that Joseph, when he came into his place of, uh, of, of fulfillment, he said, God, uh, God meant it for my God. You meant it for my evil, but God meant it for my good. There's a difference between God turning something around and God meaning to do something. You hear me tonight? There's a difference. There's a big difference. God never uh, turned his situation around. He meant it for Joseph to walk through life. He meant it for Joseph to walk through rejection. He meant it for Joseph to, to be betrayed. He meant it for that to happen. If he meant it for, if he meant it for, for a purpose, it's because he was trying to mold him into something. He was trying to make him into something. And so tonight, I want to talk to you about how you can enlarge. Because, friend, I don't know about you, but... Personally, I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to stay uh, with the same fears. I don't want to stay in the same things. I don't want to carry on with the same struggles that I consistently face with. Because the thing is, it's like, friend, if you, are, if you live in the place of life where you, uh, 
where you're consistently coming up for prayer, and, uh, and please hear me right, I, I, I want you to get the right perspective on this tonight, that if you're consistently coming up for prayer for depression, if you're consistently coming up for, for prayer for, uh, if you, you, you're losing your way all the time, I mean, I mean, something is wrong. I mean, it's, it's okay to come up and, and get prayed for, but, but when it happens all the time, when you never actually grow past the place where you can't stand up on your own two feet, you need your cage rattled. And tonight, I'm not talking, I'm not preaching out of stuff I haven't experienced, but friend, I know what it's like to feel depressed. I know what it's like to feel rejected. I know what it's like to feel afraid. I know what it's like to feel useless. I know what it's like to, to feel a lot of these things. But the thing is, it's like one of the decisions that, and, and, and there was a time when I used to come up on the older calls and, 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 and pray for me and, and cast these spirits off me. But there was a time in my life where I decided that I would stand up on my own two feet and start to become the man of God that God has called me to be. Because if I'm consistently in that place, then I'll never actually uh, grow into the man that God has called me to be. So God, I know, wants to, to, to enlarge me. And I know tonight he wants to enlarge you tonight as well. See, he doesn't want to just enlarge me. He wants to enlarge this church. See, it's always been God's plan that this church grows, that the body of Christ in general grows. He's not, uh, I mean, he's wrapped that you're here tonight. But he also wants other people to be here tonight with us. He's, it's okay that we've got a few hundred people, but he doesn't want just a few hundred people. He wants to, to impact our city. And friend, our city is easily able to be impacted. Our city is easily able to be impacted. Man, there's only uh, 60,000 people here. My goodness, man. There's churches with more than that. One church. And, and, and Seoul, Korea, you put, uh, Dr. Yong Lee Cho, uh, you know, his, his cell group leaders' meetings, just the cell group leaders' meetings, there's 100,000 people just to come to the cell group leaders' meeting. Pastor Kong Hee, I mean, he's, he's pushing 30,000 in his church. That's half the population of, Hawks, of Hastings. Gathering together. Friends, God wants to enlarge us. And friends, for, for, for this church to enlarge, for our, for our city to be impacted, for our, our, our nation to be impacted, our church must be enlarged. And for our church to enlarge, you've got to enlarge. I've got to enlarge. I can't be the same. You can't be the same. If you're going to stay the same, then you'll be wasting time. See, it's always been God's plan for us to enlarge. It's always been God's plan. Right from Genesis, God put man in the garden, and, and, and he said to Adam, he said, go and, and, and subdue the world. Go and subdue every living creature. In other words, I've put you here, but I want you to expand. I want you to expand and, and, and expand the rule across the earth. And see, so God has also put you in a place where he doesn't want you just to say the same. He wants you to expand and enlarge. And so that's been the whole guts of it through the, uh, through the Bible, that the kingdom of God enlarges. It's always been God's plan for that to happen. And as we start to look through the, the New Testament church, how the church as we know it was formed, uh, it was formed by, by people gathering together, and it was formed by a move of the Holy Ghost. And as the, as the Holy Ghost fell, as the church was formed in the New Testament, um, the Bible says that it started to enlarge and, it's, uh, and, and it started to expand. It started to grow. And friends, ever since then, it's always been God's plan that his church would enlarge. 
Because if the church isn't enlarging, then people are going to hell. If the church is not enlarging, if the, king, if, if the kingdom of God is not growing, then people will be going to hell. It's as simple as that. The reason uh, we're here as a church is to extend the kingdom of God. The church is also known as the gate of heaven. It's a channel in which the blessing, what, what is in heaven, comes to earth and, and, and flows out. So if the church isn't enlarging, then how can the blessings of, how can the kingdom of heaven come and manifest itself, itself on the earth? So the church must enlarge. And for the church, for us as Bay City Outreach Center to go from, say, 600 people to 1,000 people to 2,000 people to 5,000 people to 10,000 people to 20,000 people, you and I must enlarge. We cannot just sit here every Sunday sucking up, sucking up, sucking up, living off somebody else's overflow. You've got to enlarge. You've got to enlarge. You've got to, you've got to make a decision that I'm going to grow up, that I'm going to make my life count. And I'm going to talk to you about, we're going to get on a little bit about this. Let me talk to you about, about, um, about, uh, about enlargement. Enlargement, whenever something is enlarged, there's always pressure involved. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? Whenever something enlarges, whatever it is, if something is enlarging, there is pressure involved. There's two types of pressure. There's an internal pressure that is rising up and trying to push out, and there's an external pressure that is trying to hold in and contain. So when you enlarge, there is always two pressures, an external, internal pressure and an external pressure. How many people know what I'm talking about? And so when the external pressure is too much for uh, the pressure that's inside, what happens is there is an implosion and the thing just collapses. But when, uh, when, 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 um, when the external pressure is the same as the internal pressure, nothing happens. It stays the same. But whenever something inside starts to rise up and starts to push out and say, hey, man, I want to get bigger. I want to get larger. I want to, I want to put more air into the sail. Whenever you start, whenever that internal pressure starts to say, hey, baby, this place is too small for me. I want to grow. As soon as you start doing that, the external pressure starts to get a little bit more. There is what's called resistance that comes upon our life. And so, I mean, you, you, think, about, you think about weight training, for example. You, you go... Uh, you decide that one day, hey man, I want to stop being a puny little man. I want to stop having muscles like pistols. Man, I want to have muscles like Rob Patterson over here. I want to have something, I want to have some, some substance in my body. Not just a pile of fat, but I want to have strength in my body. So you go to the gym and, uh, and, and, and you do a workout and it's, the next day it's hurting like, it's hurting, you're in pain. You have a look at your mirror, yourself in the mirror and look at those guns and think, my God, nothing's happened. I've tried that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm back in Steve. But, um, and so you get disappointed. You think, oh, man, that didn't work. What, the, what, the, what am I doing this for? I mean, I just feel nothing but pain. No change at all. But see, then you decide, oh, man, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to start to do it. And then once, uh, maybe you can just start off lifting, say, 50 kg. Man, you can bench press 50 kg. How many people can bench press 50 kg here tonight? Man, you can start off bench, bench, bench pressing 50 kg, and for a start, it's, um, uh, you, you give it one go, and then, and then you come back, and you feel disappointed, and you think, man, I just feel sore. Oh, I'm never going to do that again. That doesn't work. Man, I'm going to start a puny little run for the rest of my life. 
But then something inside, he's just like, man, no, I'm going to get that another go. So you give it another go. Next thing you know, you do it the next day, and then you do it the next day, and then you have a rest. And then you do it again, and you do it a bit more, and you keep on feeling the pain. But before you know it, that 50 kg, that pressure that came upon your life, uh, is sort of a bit lighter than it used to be. Instead of, it's like you can do, you know, half a dozen sets, a piece of cake. So what happens is an internal pressure with the muscles deciding, hey, man, I want to push this weight. There's an internal pressure saying, man, I don't want to be the same. I want to be strong. But then there's an external pressure of those weights holding you down. And there's a pressure that comes on your muscles. And see, if the, the external pressure is too much for the, for the, for the internal pressure, what will happen is you'll bust yourself. You'll snap a ligament or, or you'll break yourself. But the pressure's got to be at a point where... You, your muscle has to actually work. If your muscle is not working, if your muscle is not actually exerting a little bit of pressure, then what you're doing is hopeless. And so you've, you manage to do half a dozen sets on a 50 kg bench press. They say, man, hey, I'm sick of that. I, I, I want to push up to 75. So you get up to 75 kg and you start pushing away and pushing away and pushing away and you feel sore and you feel... And but then all of a sudden it becomes easy. Then you hit 100 kg you, and then you can push and push and push. Next thing you know, you get to the end of the year, you have a look at your mirror and... <laughs> what a guy. What a guy. And so there's a pressure over a period of time as the, the, the external pressure and the internal pressure have conflicted for a while. But what's happened is, is the way that you've worked it, instead of giving up, instead of quitting, you are now one hulk of a man or a lady. I tell you, man, one of my best mates, and yeah, he, he, he's unsaved, but uh, and uh, man, his, his, his sister, she's the, she was the... Um, yeah, she was New Zealand's bodybuilding champ. Man, you do not want to get into a gunfight with her. <laughs> Man, she has got, that's, yeah, you know, my mate, eh? Yeah, yeah, your sister, yeah. You do not want to get into a gunfight. Man, she is strapping. <laughs> and, uh, but she got that way because she, she was, uh, she exerted herself and, and she put herself into a position. She disciplined her, bo- her life so she would grow. Now, friend, they understand that when a, when a muscle was growing, it, um, when you put that muscle under pressure, what happens is the strands inside it start to break. You start to, uh, when you, you start to stress that muscle, and after a period of stressing, they start to break. And then when you feel, when you feel the pain, that pain is the, is the feeling of, um, uh, of a little bit of broken tissue inside, but also, but also a healing process. So part of growing a muscle is that you exert it, you put it under pressure, you, you, you tear a little bit of it, and then, um, I mean, so you, so you put enough pressure on it so it tears uh, a certain amount but not completely breaks. And then there's a period of rebuilding. And then you, you give it a rest while it rebuilds. And then you, then you stretch it a bit more, and then you enlarge it a bit more. You put a bit more pressure on it. And next thing you know, uh, you, you feel the pain. And over a period of time when you do not quit, when you do not give up, uh, your whole body changes before you're a puny little man. Next thing you know, you are, you're a strong man. So enlargement, there's always a pressure. And every time there's an enlargement, there is always pain. If you're not feeling uncomfortable, then you're not being enlarged. If you're not failing, uh, you're not trying. And for sadly, so many, for so many people, they, they live in a place of, uh, 
of complete safety and, and never ever actually ever taken a risk, never actually pushed out and stretched out, never actually put themselves in a position where some part of their life is under pressure and under stress, actually getting a little bit of tension on you to break. So it's always been the plan of God um, and that, and that the church grows, that the church enlarges. And as the church is going to enlarge uh, and, and expand, there will be a pressure. See, what happens is when, when you become a Christian, God puts something on the inside of you. See, every one of us is born with the kingdom of God inside. But when you give your heart to Christ, what happens is he, he puts his spirit inside of you. And all of a sudden, your life uh, takes on this. You, you discover in your life that, that, that you're actually born for a purpose. That there's got to be something more to life than what I'm doing. And so when God puts a spirit inside of you, what happens? It becomes like a, an internal force which is just wanting to get out and wanting to expand you and wanting to grow you. See, when God puts a spirit in you, where he, he starts to give you vision and starts to put purpose in your life. So, hey, man, you may be at this point in your life now, but my God, I could, I, I could, you, you could be doing this further down the track. See, friend, there was a time when I could not speak in front of 10 people. I got nervous. I got scared. I'd get the trembles and, and stuff like that. But I wanted to be a preacher. There was something that God had put on the side, inside of my heart to preach the word of God. So here I, I, I'm in a conflict. I've got something inside of me which is, which is wanting to get out, which is wanting to enlarge, which is wanting to become a preacher. But then I've got an external pressure on me, which is the, the, this thing of fear that would come around my life. And hold me back. And so this pressure was, um, uh, because I wasn't actually exerting myself in the area, the pressure of fear was holding me into this place where I was not growing. But there came a time when, man, the, the, the drive inside of me to, to, to fulfill the call of God upon my life started to get stronger than the external pressure. And as the, as, the, as the call of God starts to increase and become stronger inside of your life, and that external pressure, that, that, that fear, that depression, that, that whatever it is that comes around your life will start to build and start to increase. And it's like, then, there's a, then it starts to become a tussle on your life. But some of you here tonight, God has called you uh, for amazing things. God has got, uh, put dreams and, and stuff in your heart, and he's calling you out. You, 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 at times you feel the call of God. I've called you to be this. I've called you to be that. And, and, and you know inside of your heart that you're created for bigger things. But then what happens is this, this external pressure comes around. You say, hey, maybe you're, maybe you're the wrong color. Maybe you're, uh, you've got this fear, and like this, the, the spirit of fear will come around your life and say, hey, man, you're not going to do that because I'm going to hold you back. You understand what I'm talking about? But there was a time in my life where I decided to decide, I'm not going to let the spirit of fear, I'm not going to let what people think about me stand in the way of my destiny. And for some of you, you're so consumed with, 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 your, own, um, with, with your own circumstances, you get so consumed with fear, you get so cons consumed with depression, that, you'll stay, that you get kept in a place where you'll never, ever fulfill your destiny. And friend, I had been up the front. I had had laid, hands laid on me by all the top ministers in the, uh, that came through, casting out the spirit of fear. Fear, go. Fear, go. Fear, go. Everyone, fear, go. So I had all this, all this deliverance, but there still came a time where I still had to actually stand up and, and, and take dominion over that thing for myself. There had to become a time where the, the pressure inside of me to break this thing, to walk in and, and, and enlarge myself became greater than the fear that was around my life. As soon as I started to do that, and you know what? I still feel the fear. 
I still feel the fear, but I do make a decision that I will not let it dominate my life. I will not let it rob my destiny. I will not let what's happened in the past uh, rob these things that have come, that, that, that the call of God upon me. And for some of you here, for a lot of you here today, you've got immense potential inside of your life. God wants to use that potential to fulfill his purposes on the earth. But the thing, for many of you, you've had hands laid on you countless amount of times praying for the same thing, but you still feel it. Friends, there's got to be a, a, a part in your life where you've actually got to uh, push past that. And so when the, church of, when the New Testament church started to grow and started to enlarge, there was, a, there was a pressure that came around the church. I mean, you've got to understand, there were some awesome things happening. I mean, uh, uh, there was this there was this lame man and and uh, and uh, and he got he, he could walk again and it's like there was this other and people would talk about the the church of God starting to expand. It wasn't that long before that Jesus Christ had risen uh, in, into heaven and. And all these incredible things started to happen. The church was formed. There was tongues of fire. And all these amazing things started to happen. And the Bible says that the church started to increase greatly in numbers. There was uh, 3,000 added in one day, 5,000 added in another day. And all of a sudden, the church started to enlarge. Incredible miracles started to happen. And as the church started to enlarge, the pressure started to get stronger. And you've got to understand, when you start to stand up for what God has called you to be, Yes, you will find fulfillment in your life, but you will face pressure. Maybe it'll be financial pressure. Maybe it'll be um, emotional. You'll face it. And wherever we go, we still face pressure today. I mean, Pastor Mike travels the world preaching on deliverance. He still faces pressure. But that pressure is not there to, to hold you back. That pressure, see, God means that pressure to build something out of your life. God means that pressure to actually build you into the person that God's called you to be. And so there was incredible things happening at this time. There was incredible breakthroughs. Have a look, have a look in your Bibles in Acts chapter, uh, Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. And it says, Now about that time, Herod, the king of kings, stretched out his hand to arrest harassed some from the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So you've got to understand that as the church started to enlarge, as the church started to stand up and, and, uh, and fulfill its function, um, people didn't like that. And there was, a, there was an opposing force. Friend, when the kingdom of God enlarges, uh, the kingdom of darkness will try and hold it back. But I tell you what, the kingdom of God, um, there's nothing stopping that. So it's about this time. And then so... He, it talks about that Herod, he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. So there was a pressure. When, you started, when people back then started to stand up for, uh, for what was right, when they started to stand up and, and start to carry the kingdom of God, when they started to carry the gospel into the community, into, into their marketplace, there was a pressure. And that pressure wasn't just, peop just people laughing. They were killed with a sword. They were threatened big time. So he would already uh, he would, uh, Herod had already killed one disciple. And so he said, man, I, I don't want to kill one disciple. Get me another one. So he said, so get Peter. And they, they locked Peter up in prison. And, uh, and they were, he wanted to kill Peter. But the Bible says now, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out to be, to be knifed up, that night Peter was sleeping. 
And he was bound with two chains uh, between two soldiers. And the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and, and, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter in the sides and said, hey, dog, what's up? And he, and he raised him up and said, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hand. And uh, so you got to understand that, that, that Peter was put in prison. Peter was uh, confined, and uh, he was about to die for, for standing up for what he believed in. He was about to be killed by the sword. But here, he had this tremendous breakthrough. He had a tremendous breakthrough in his, in his own life. And, and I don't know about you, but, you know, I, I've seen a lot of breakthroughs in people's lives. And it's like sometimes I get to the, get to the place and I, and I see how many breakthroughs people have and the different ones. And I say, hey, God, where's, where's my breakthrough? Where's my breakthrough? What's, uh, for some of you here tonight, you, you, you'll be struggling inside. With, with, you're looking for God for a breakthrough. And, uh, and, the, and, and, and the Bible says that the, the word started to spread about Peter's breakthrough. And, uh, and all these people were amazed. Let's just quickly turn over to um, Acts chapter 16. So the word would have spread that Peter had had this incredible breakthrough and, uh, and, and, and things were happening. And then the Bible says here in, in uh, uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 16, it says, Now it happened as we went to prayer. And now uh, Paul and Silas were, were walking through town and they, they, were getting, they were heading to the place of prayer. The Bible says, Now it happened when they were about to pray. Friend, when you start to pray, when you have a prayer life, in your li- when you have an actual prayer life, things will happen in your life. If you're not praying, you need to be praying. You need to establish a great prayer life. You need to establish a strong, uh, strong, effective prayer life. And so, as they're walking along the street, they saw this girl who had, who's, um, who had a uh, who had a spirit of, of divination, and she was bound. She was bound by Satan. She was demonically. She was demonically. Um, she had a demon inside of her. And so they used to see this girl, and eventually. Uh, Something inside rose up, uh, inside Paul rose up and, and he looked at this girl and he said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to, uh, to come out of her. And the Bible says that at that hour, um, she was set free. Now, you've got to understand what happened here. There was an exertion of one kingdom against another. A girl was set free. Phenomenal event. And friend, tonight, there are, there are many people, maybe you're here tonight, you need to be set free. There are many people in the community that need to, to be set free. Different people struggling uh, with, with demon spirits attacking them at night or, or whenever. So you've got to understand that, that, that there was an exertion of one kingdom against another. When that girl got delivered by this, from that spirit, what happened was there was a, a kingdom uh, exerted itself upon another. The Bible says that when, uh, when Jesus said, "If I cast out, if I cast out demons, then the then the finger of God or the hand of God has come upon you. The kingdom of God has come upon you." So at this time there was an exertion, there was a moving of the kingdom of God, there was an expanding of the kingdom of God. What happened straight after that? There was a pressure. So the Bible says here that um, in verse twenty that they brought them to the magistrates. You've got to understand that Silas was walking along. Uh, he, was, he was Peter's disciple. He, he was Paul's disciple. He was a young man that wanted to be, uh, he, he felt the call of God upon his life. He said, man, 
I want to be used by God. And he wanted to be discipled by Paul. Paul was an incredible man of God. And so he made a commitment to follow Paul. And, he, and you've got to understand that Silas would have, he would have heard about Peter's incredible breakthrough, how he got released from prison. And then, so he's with Peter, and uh, he's with Paul, sorry. And uh, I don't know what it would have been like to, to travel with Paul, but I can tell you this, it would have been scary. Man, he wasn't afraid of nothing. He may have been a little bit afraid, but he, he wouldn't let that fear dominate his life. Whenever the, when there was a riot, 20,000 people shouting out, uh, the whole city was in a riot after him. He saw that as a great opportunity to be able to preach the gospel. <laughs> when you've got 20,000 people, when you've got a whole city after you wanting to kill you, it's pressure. I don't know about you, but man, I, I, honestly, I probably would have hightailed it and ran. But Paul, he was, in a, he was in a place, he was something upon his life, he was so empowered, he was so motivated, there was the, the, the pressure, the, the call of God within him to extend the, to build the church and to extend the kingdom was so strong that even when a, when a, when a whole city was chasing him, trying to kill him, he saw that as an opportunity to be able to preach the gospel. And so here, they're in a place right now in verse 20, that they brought them to the magistrates. These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. So when you start to stand up for the, for, the, for the kingdom of God, when you start to extend that kingdom of God into the earth, when you start to preach the gospel, when you see lives start to turn around, when you see demon spirits start to come out of people, when you bring the kingdom of God into your place, it, it, it brings tremendous breakthrough, but it also brings a tremendous pressure. And when you start to do that, when you start to stand up for what is right, my goodness, you will become a target. When you and I as the church start to stand up and become who God has called us to be, when, when, uh, when we start to hit 1,000, when we start to hit 2,000, when we start to hit 5,000 people, when we start to hit 10,000 people, you've got to understand that the world ain't going to like it. The world will not like it, and there will become a pressure on you to, to, uh, uh, to conform to a different way. And so when, 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 when Paul and Silas stood up and, and brought the kingdom of God into their city, into the street, uh, there was opposition. Something came around their lives, and, and the magistrates, um, and, and they, in verse 21, it says, they teach us customs which are not lawful for us. And then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes <laughs> and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they laid on them many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, com- commanding the jail- jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the most inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. I wonder what was going through Silas's mind at that time. I wonder if he was at the point where, man, I, man, I, I heard about what happened to Peter, how he got this tremendous breakthrough, and uh, nothing happened to him. He just got put in jail, and, uh, and then an angel came and set him free. And uh, he, would have been with Paul, he would have been with Paul, and, uh, and I can imagine saying, any minute now an angel's going to come and, and, and bring a breakthrough into our life. Any, any minute now, an angel's going to turn up and, uh, and, and do something powerful. And then they got put into the jail, and then uh, I guess bits of doubt would have started to come into his heart. Any minute now, we're going to have a breakthrough, but then the breakthrough never came. Is this, uh, what's, what's about to happen here? I, I heard the breakthrough happen for Peter, but, but what about me? I don't know about you, but I probably would have had that stuff going on inside of my heart. 
Where's my breakthrough? After they've been beaten with rods. and uh, uh, It's all right. Someone's, an angel's going to turn up and rescue me. But the angel never came and they got beaten with rods. That's all right. Maybe after I've been beaten with rods, an angel will come up and, and rescue me and, and, and give me my breakthrough. After, after I got the clothes torn off, no angel. Hey, maybe we'll be in jail for one day. I don't know how long they were in jail, but I can, I, I can only imagine what, what, what must have been going on inside of his thought life. What's going to happen next? Any minute now, something will happen. But nothing happened at that point. I don't know about you, but quite often when you get into a position where you're in, uh, in a dungeon, when you're in a, in a prison, when the pressure is on, how do you respond? How do you react? Do you respond or do you react? Do you see this? Hey, man, I'm, I just can't do nothing, man. I'm just under all this pressure. I need this. I need that. God, where's your, why would you break through for me? And I remember being in a, in, in a time of my life where there was under a bit, I was under some financial pressure. And I, mean, I remember standing outside the lawyer's office and saying, any minute now, God, you're going to break through for me. Any minute right now, any minute now. I was holding my cell phone in my hand because I needed the, uh, the money to be released from the house because I had major bills to pay. And I'd be praying, God, I want you to bless me. I want you to enlarge my finances. God, let your blessing come upon my life. So I was expecting the blessing of God to come upon my life. But then things all of a sudden started to get really, really tight. Uh, my money was locked up. There was, uh, there was some technical issues there. And I was waiting outside the lawyers, and I was commanding everything in the name of Jesus, man, to let go of those finances. But nothing happened. <laughs> I was holding the cell phone in my hand, waiting for my lawyer to call and say, hey, Dave, your check's here. I was standing outside the office waiting, waiting for that to happen because I thought that what God was going to break through for me then. It never happened. I tell you, when you get put in that position, when you're talking about a large sum of money and you've got a large amount of debts, you become under pressure. Something inside of you will either start to, to burst into tears. It's like, I just want to run away. Tell you, for most of us, when we're in a place like that, when you're, we're in a prison, maybe it's at a, uh, maybe your circumstance may be different. But I was in the place where, man, I felt like I was in a prison. And I thought, five o'clock came, and then the office closed, no phone call. Maybe the next day, no phone call. I'll give them a call. No, I haven't heard yet. God, when is my breakthrough going to come? So I decided, instead of Instead of whinging and whining, so at the same time, I still had to come up and preach a message. But inside of me, I was like, still struggling. How do you do that? I could have just turned belly up and said, hey, man, I can't preach. I can't do nothing. I can't even come to church because I'm so depressed. But I made a decision inside of my heart that I would not allow the external pressure to break the pressure that was inside of me. I would not allow that to happen. I knew God wanted to bless me, but I also, in the midst of that, God told me that he doesn't want to just want to bless me, but he wants to grow me, he wants to enlarge me. And he could never grow me, he could never enlarge me without putting 
me under a little bit of pressure. He could never, uh, uh, he, he could never um, put the amount of blessing he wants to put upon my life with me being in the same amount of, uh, having the same amount of capacity. If he released that blessing upon my life straight away, I would have lost it. It would have broken me. See, God doesn't want to just bless me. He wants to uh, enlarge my capacity so I can handle the blessing. And so I can also increase more. So there's Paul and Silas, and the Bible says that, that at midnight that Paul and Silas were praying and singing. I don't know about you, but I'd find that very, very hard to do. It's very, very easy when, when life is going well to come up and to dance and to sing and say, God, you are my source, you are my prophet. It's, hard, it's a hard thing to do when you are right at the stretch to the point of capacity. You're in this place where you're about to break. Whether it's a fear, whether it's an unbelief, whether it's, whether it's whatever the pressure is that comes around your life, it gets you to a point where you either decide in your heart that you will just implode inside and let the pressure, or you decide in your heart that, hey, say, hey, man, you start to change perspective. You start to get out of a mentality where, God, would you come and rescue me? God, would you, would you come and do something? Would you pray for me? You, 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 you've got to change your perspective from, from that mentality to a place where, God, I thank you today that you're growing me. God, I don't know what you're doing. But I know that you've got my best interest in your heart. And I remember as I walked through the garden, as I walked through in, in my prayer time, man, I was a total mess. I couldn't sleep at night because we were talking about a large sum of money. But something inside of me, I decided that I wouldn't get depressed. I felt depression coming in. I felt fear coming in. I felt all these failure coming around my life. I felt all these things started to close in. But something inside of me decided I will not let this thing dominate my life. Something inside of me, God must be doing something. And so as I started to walk through the garden, I I started to pray, the Lord is my shepherd, I have no need. See, the thing about this is, is this, when... When Paul and, Paul and Silas were in the jail, I wonder what they were singing. I wonder what they're praying. I reckon they were praying a prayer like this. In, uh, in, in 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro from the earth, looking for hearts whose, lo- whose, whose hearts are loyal to him, to whom he may show himself strong. I don't know about you, but I know that God wants to show himself strong in my life. I know he wants to show himself strong in your life. Why? Because then all the world will know who he is. That the weak say, I am strong. So the eyes roam to and fro. See, it's all very well to say, hey, God, I'm loyal to you. I'm committed to you. I love you, Lord. I really, really do. But when the pressure is on, you fold like a pancake. And either turn back to the grog or turn back to your books or turn back to your magazines or get into your cave of depression. Instead of seeing it as an opportunity for God to make something out of your life. See, friend, if you had everything you asked for, if God gave you everything you asked for when you wanted it, you would not be the person that you are today. See, the thing is, God puts something in your life and he, he preserves it inside of your life because he knows that you have the capacity inside to break through. When he puts his spirit inside of your heart, you've got to understand it is the Holy Spirit that lives within you. It really, really is. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the presence. It is the power of God that is within you. 
And you have, a cho- you have a choice whether you'll bow down to depression and fear or whether you'll choose to stand up and start to get a hold of the Spirit of God, start to get a hold of the kingdom of God that is within you. That is the choice that you make. You either see it as an opportunity for God to make you or you climb back into your cave and you stay there. See, the Bible says in Psalm, uh, Psalm chapter 25, verse 3, it also says in Isaiah um, 49, verse 23, it says, No one, who's, no, no one who's, who puts their trust in the Lord shall be put to shame. No one whose hope is in the Lord shall ever be put to shame. So that there, friend, comes, it, it's, a, it's a decision that you've got to make. And you can only make it when you're in the tough times. See, loyalty is not loyalty until you've had a chance to be disloyal. When you commit your heart to God, when you come up here and you say a sinner's prayer, you say, Jesus, I invite you into my life. I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. I invite you to be my shepherd. When you start to bow down to something else, when you start to bow down to fear, you're being disloyal to God. So one of the things that I prayed was, was, Lord, it says in your word that whoever's hope, whoever puts their trust in you shall not be put to shame. Lord, today, I hold that word up above my life. I trust you, Lord, to break through for me. I don't know when you're going to break through. I don't know how you're going to break through. But I know whatever you're doing in my life, I know you've got my best in your hand. So tonight you may be here. You may be depressed. You may be struggling with fear. You may have some obstacles in your life. Friend, you've got to change the perspective and, and, and see it in a different way. Instead of seeing it as, a, as something that was uh, uh, here to harm you, you've got to see it that it is here. For, uh, God has meant it for your God. God has meant it for your God. God has meant it because he wants to make something out of you. And he wants to, he wants to unleash something in your life. Man, if you could just see the potential that lies within you right now. What is it that's holding you back? What is it that's keeping you in that prison? The Bible says that at, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing to God. I know that they were saying, they were giving praises to God. They, were, they were, must have been praying something like this. Uh, blessed are the, uh, uh, thank you today that whoever puts their hope and their trust in you, Lord, shall not be put to shame. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro from the earth, looking for hearts whose, 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 whose hearts are loyal to him, whose hearts that won't buckle under the pressure, whose hearts that won't turn and run when the battle gets a bit tough. God, we may be in the jail. We may be in the deepest, darkest jail. It is so unfair. I mean, Paul wasn't even supposed to be there in the first place. He was supposed to be given, he was in jail illegally. He was supposed to be given a proper Roman trial. And he knew that he was supposed to have that proper Roman trial. But he allowed himself to be put into jail. Probably to, to, to stretch to, um, Silas's faith a little bit. I don't know. But he got put into a position. The Bible says that about midnight, as they, were, as they were singing hymns to God, as they were praying, as they were speaking and declaring the word of God over their lives, I tell you, God is faithful to his word. When God saw that they were not buckling under the pressure, when God saw that, hey, they were naked, they were bleeding, they were, they were, they were in the deepest, darkest prison, they were chained, it looked like there was no hope. Something inside got a grip, grip, grip God's heart. He remembers his word that he spoke. See, God remembers his word. These guys, they are loyal to me. I'm about to show myself strong. 
I'm about to show myself strong. Then the Bible goes to song. There's a massive earthquake. And the place began to shake. And the walls started to fall down. And the Bible says that this, that, that the very foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, the Bible says that uh, all the doors were opened. Every door of the prison was opened. Not just their door. Every door was opened. Not only were the doors open, but everyone's chains were loosed. There were people in there that were robbers that should have been in there. There were all sorts of people in this jail. It wasn't just, it wasn't just Paul and Silas's chains that were loosed. It was everybody's chains. See, God wants to put you in a position. God wants to place you there so he can so show himself strong. And when he shows himself strong, man, you've got to look out because the whole foundations of your world will shake. See, God doesn't want you to just break in through for your own life. He wants that breakthrough to overflow into other people's lives. He wants to show himself strong in your behalf. If you had everything you wanted, you would never be the person you are today. You've got to face pressure. You've got to walk through some stuff. But you do have a choice of where your heart, where you will, uh, what you will bow down to. You have a choice inside how you will see it. You have a choice how you will respond. You have a choice, and you have a choice right now, right now, whether you will uh, be overcome by the pressure or whether you will stand up. And I know that what God has put in your heart, you, you have the ability to stand up. The fact that you are here today is because that you're not broken yet. If you, if your life was all rosy, if you never struggled with fear, if if you were never abused, if you never experienced failure you wouldn't be the type of person you are today. See, God wants people whose, whose trust, is, whose hope is in them. Some pe- people that are not afraid to step out. God is looking today for hearts that are loyal to him. I mean, I know tonight that God, we, 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 need, to, we need God to show himself strong in our community. We need God to show himself strong in our nation. We need God to show himself strong in this church. The eyes of the Lord look to and fro. He sees your circumstance. He sees the struggles that you're going through. He sees the depression. He sees, he, he has seen the, the, the terrible things that people have done to you. But he knows that what he's put in you has the strength to survive, to push through and to grow and to push back that pressure that comes around your life and to break forth into something beautiful. God wants us to enlarge. But enlargement will come pressure. Amen? Why don't we just close our eyes right now?